This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, let's uh, pray. Father, do open our hearts now. We've already prayed that prayer as we sang it, break thou the bread of life, dear Lord to me. We ask you now for that in Jesus' name, amen. Please turn your Bibles to Hosea chapter six. Hosea chapter six, we're gonna be covering here the first three verses of this wonderful chapter. Hosea, we've been going a little bit, walking our way through in the book of Hosea, seen so many wonderful things here. Uh, now we've, we're here at Hosea chapter 6, Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, which reads, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Now here is a, a different translation, which I'm going to read to you. Uh, the King James says, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Let's just consider this one. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain. Okay, now, we're coming off, this obviously is coming off the heels of chapter 5, and where we had in chapter 5 this announcement by God in the last verse there, if you look at chapter 5, verse 15, the last verse of chapter 5 says, God says, I will return again to my place till they acknowledge their offense. Then they will seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me, or they'll seek me early. So this book of Hosea is one of the cries that God has made over Israel. You know, there's many cries that God has made over Israel. There's, you know, I like to call them the O Israel cries. These are the heart sobs of God for his people. 
You know, like in Isaiah 43.22, Isaiah 43.22, where we read, But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Another one we're going to see later on in the book of Hosea, in, in Hosea chapter 13, verse 9, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. Hosea 14.1, Hosea 14.1, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. And, and then in, in Jeremiah 4.14, Jeremiah 4.14, God stretches out his heart as he says, O Jerusalem, wash thine heart from thine wickedness, that thou mayest be saved. Jeremiah 13.27, Jeremiah 13.27, Woe unto thee, O Jerusalem, wilt thou not be made clean? And then it seems as though all of those woes are culminated when the Messiah himself, when Jehovah Jesus, when Jesus stands before the city of Jerusalem and he says in Matthew 23.37, Matthew 23.37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. The worst words of all, of the O Israel, of the O Jerusalem, of the O Jacobs, is those three last words in that Matthew 23, 37, ye would not, your choice, you'll be destroyed, you'll perish, all because ye would not. So chapter 5 of Hosea is just another one of these God's all Israel cry with the first verse in chapter 1 saying, judgment is toward you. Judgment is toward you. In chapter 5, Hosea chapter 5, verse 4, Hosea 5, 4, the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of thee. And God has said in that last chapter, 5, verse 12, 5, verse 12, Therefore will I be unto Ephraim as a moth and to the house of Judah as rottenness. Moth and rottenness slowly breaking down Israel. In verse 14, Hosea 5.14, Isaiah, Hosea 5.14, I will be to Ephraim as a lion and as a young lion to the house of Judah, I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away and none shall rescue him. A lion to destroy Israel. It hurt God in his heart to do this to Israel, but it was necessary. There was no other way. If there was another way, it would have been. If there was another way for the Lord Jesus to deliver us from our sins rather than to take that cup and drink that awful cup of the wrath of God, he would have done it. If there was another way for God to bring Israel back to himself, to bring them to a point where they would seek him other than affliction, he would have done it. And then God put this ultimate judgment on Israel when it says he pulled back from Israel. He withdrew himself in Hosea 5.6, Hosea 5.6. They shall go with their flocks and their herds to seek the Lord, but they shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. That's a terrible place to be in where man cries out to God and God doesn't answer because God has withdrawn himself. That's the definition of hell. Hell is a place where God is not there. Hell is a place where God cannot be found. That's the definition of heaven. Heaven is a place where God is. God is there. And the great question that's asked by the Jewish people, 
The question that haunts the Jewish people, the question that I asked, that I asked a rabbi on the first night of Jewish camp at Camp Hess Kramer in Malibu, 60 years ago in the summer of 1961, with less than 20 years since the Holocaust, as a group of us kids sat around a campfire for a ask the rabbi anything time. And so I asked the rabbi the question, the question that is the haunting question, where was God during the Holocaust? Where was God during the Holocaust? And the rabbi said, you have to understand, God is very busy, and he was just busy at that time. That was the wrong answer. That was the wrong answer because Psalm 121.4, Psalm 121.4 says, God's not busy. It says in Psalm 121.4, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The correct answer as to where God was is Hosea 5.6. Hosea 5.6. They shall not find him. He hath withdrawn himself from them. The correct answer is Hosea 5.15. Hosea 5.15. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face in their affliction. They will seek me early. The answer to the question, where was God during the Holocaust, is Hosea 5.6. They shall not find it because God withdrew himself. Hosea 5.15. God went to his place, waiting for the time. What time was that? Waiting for the time of Hosea 5.15. Hosea 5.15. Till they acknowledge their offense. God has withdrawn himself and waits for a person, any person, to acknowledge their offense, the offense of sin. God waits to hear the words, I'm a sinner, not just any sinner, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, and I know how offensive this has been to you. As the prophet Isaiah said about himself, prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 6.5, Isaiah 6.5, then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. Dirty talk. That was the prophet Hosea. Abraham said about himself, Abraham said in Genesis 18.27, Genesis 18.27, Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Dust and ashes is how Abraham saw himself. How did Job see himself? Job saw himself. This was the man who God held up to the devil and said, hast thou considered my servant Job, an upright man? And this upright man, Job, said about himself in Job 42.6, Job 42.6, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Peter, the great Peter, Simon Peter, Luke 5.8, Luke 5.8. Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And the prodigal son that was received back by the father and given such a high place, the prodigal son said about himself in Luke 15.21, Luke 15.21, the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. And God said, 
that the one who was exalted, the one who was exalted of the two that came to the temple one day was a publican who said about himself in Luke 18, 13, Luke 18, 13, the publican standing afar off would not lift so much as his eyes unto heaven, but spoke upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Those are the golden words that open heaven's door. Those are the golden words that cause God to come out from where he has withdrawn himself. The golden words, and that's the, and what is the reason that any person refuses to acknowledge the truth that he's a dirty, rotten sinner? There's only one reason. Hosea 5.5, Hosea 5.5. The pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore shall Israel and Ephraim fall in their iniquity. Judah also shall fall with them. The reason that the Lord Jesus is hated so much is because of what he did. What did he do as God? In Philippians 2, 6 through 8, it describes what God in Jesus did, which makes him so hated. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Just the idea that God would become a man is so repulsive. The idea that God would suffer and die being crucified for another's sins means that my sins must be so really bad to deserve death, not just any death, but the death of the torture of crucifixion. That means I'm a great sinner. That is, that is the Galatians 5.11 offense of the cross. The cross is an offense according to Galatians 5.11, because the message of the cross is that if the penalty and the judgment for my sins was so great, that means I'm a great sinner. And pride says, oh, no, you're not. Pride says, I will not accept it. Pride says, I'm not that bad a person. Pride says, I don't deserve to die on a cross for my sins. And until a person acknowledges that they really are that bad, until a person acknowledges that the sins are that their sins are that bad, then God continues to be out of contact. God continues to be withdrawn from that person until they respond to the affliction that God has brought on that person's life. And this is the beauty of the first verse of this Hosea chapter 6. This is the beauty of Hosea 6.1. Hosea 6.1, come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us, he hath smitten, he will bind us up. It's a shame that there's a chapter break between 5 and 6. It's a shame that we have those words that say chapter 6 and make a big full stop there because we lose the continuity that goes from the last verse of chapter 5, 515, Hosea 515, to the first verse, Hosea 6, 1. 
I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. That's how it starts off, really, at the end of chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 15. I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction they shall seek me early. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will bind us. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. See, this is the beauty of verse 1. It's in chapter 5, verse 15, that God said he's going to go return to his place and wait for Israel to acknowledge their offense. And then chapter 6 is the acknowledgement. They've done it. They've done just that. They acknowledge their sin. They've done what everyone must do in order to be saved from their sins. They stopped establishing their own righteousness. As it says in Romans 10, 1 through 4, Romans 10, 1 through 4, when Paul's heart was broken for the Jewish people, Paul's heart was crushed for Israel, Paul says in Romans 10:1, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And why aren't they saved, Paul? Because of Romans 10:2, the next verse, Romans 10:2, for I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Paul says, I wish they would stop, just stop going about to establish their own righteousness. God says, going about to establish their own righteousness by eating only kosher foods. Going about to establish their own righteousness but not by doing this but not doing that on the Sabbath, going about to establish their own righteousness but by not eating dairy products with meat products, going about to establish their own righteousness by staying away from cheeseburgers, <laughs> going about to establish their own righteousness by doing good works, good works. Stop. Stop. And if they stop all of a sudden to see God's way of righteousness, who is, not what is, but who is, Romans 10, 4, Christ, the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ Jesus, 1 Corinthians 1, 30, 1 Corinthians 1, 30, Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us righteousness. And when that happens, Israel will stop saying, myself, my righteousness, and they will say, Jeremiah 23, 6, Jeremiah 23, 6, in those days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. When Israel says that the Lord, when they say that, when they say those words, and oh, for the day that they would say it, the Lord our righteousness, they will be saying the Lord Jesus our righteousness. That's what they'll mean. He is God's gift of righteousness, Romans 5.17. Romans 5.17. The gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. And it's the rejection of Jesus by the Jewish people. It's so intense. It's so intense that when you see it, then these words in Hosea have so much depth and so much meaning if you just 
If you want to see the, the, the depth of the rejection of Jesus, to, you've got the book in the lobby there, Changed, book I wrote about how I came to Jesus. And so you just go on Amazon or Kindle and read the reviews, and you'll see the utter rejection. On second thought, don't read those reviews. They're pretty bad. And so to think that the day is coming when instead of Jesus being so utterly and completely rejected by the Jewish people that he'll be so completely embraced, to think that this is what's referred to in this chapter, this chapter 6 and verse 1, as a matter of fact, if you want to get the full impact of what these verses are saying, every time in this Isaiah chapter 6, every time you see the words, the Lord, or he, just substitute the words, the Lord Jesus, to see what the Jewish people are going to do and how striking this is going to be. Just, just kind of close your eyes now. Close your eyes and just listen to me as I kind of read this out, substituting those words. Hosea 6.1. Come and let us return unto the Lord Jesus. For the Lord Jesus hath torn, and the Lord Jesus will heal us, and the Lord Jesus hath smitten, and the Lord Jesus will bind us up. After two days will the Lord Jesus revive us. In the third day the Lord Jesus will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord Jesus, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and the Lord Jesus will come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain, and the former rain unto the earth. Now, let me tell you, folks, that hasn't happened yet. And that's not the case today. All right, now, who's speaking in these verses? Who is speaking in the first three verses of Isaiah chapter 6? Who is speaking? Israel is speaking. Israel is speaking. It's the same Israel that spoke in, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. Isaiah 53, 6. When Israel said, oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the same who is speaking now in verses 1 through 3. The same Israel that will see the Lord Jesus as they've never seen him before. They'll see him as the absolute last way that the Jewish people see Jesus today, as God, as God. And this will be the new way that they'll see Jesus, as God Jesus, or as I say, the Lord Jesus, as God. The Lord Jesus will also see the Jewish people for the first time in this new light as well. They'll both see each other in new ways. The, the Jewish people will see the Lord Jesus as God in a new way, and the Lord Jesus will see the Jewish people in a new way, and this is also beautifully captured for us, this first sight of the new way. In Zechariah 12.10, Zechariah 12.10, where it says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace, and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, 
and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.